learn more about a CGM, do you wonder why someone without diabetes would like the information they gain from one? Well, earlier this week, I got to sit down with Catherine Staffaretti from NutriSense. So listen in as we talk all things CGM. Does your metabolism suck? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want off the diet roller coaster? Do you wish there was a simple solution to get you healthier, smaller, and have more energy? Hey friends, I'm Jolene. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, wife, furry guardian, and non-bendy yogi. Like you, I spent years chasing skinny instead of healthy until I finally learned there's more to getting healthy than eat less and move more. Welcome to Holistic Health Made Simple, where I share all the tips, tricks, and science to set you free from the diet overwhelm and frustration with the ever-changing health rules. We go beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you with simple changes to real food, mindset, and lifestyle. If you are ready to learn to tailor your journey to your current health, implement simple solutions, and achieve undeniable results, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Welcome, Catherine. This is Catherine Staffieri. Yes. She is the nutrition manager over at NutriSense, and she is an RD. And I find it interesting. There's a little tidbit about you I'd like to ask is the pivot from finance into nutrition. What triggered that? <laughs> it's it's probably a question I, I get asked all the time. Um, you know, it was something, I was a math math and, and econ major in college. I thought that's what I wanted to do. I really enjoyed working in finance. It was exciting and met a bunch of really incredible people. But at the end of the day, I realized when I, this is back when there were actual newspapers, um, I would like open up the newspaper or, you know, when I was like reading a magazine or talking to people, I was so much more interested in science and in nutrition and in health and cooking and food. And all of a sudden I was like, man, I wish I could do something like with that. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I can, <laughs> I can, I can make a career out of this. Um, you know, this is, it, it's not like it was that long ago, but it was long enough ago that like, this wasn't really at the forefront of people's minds in terms of, um, you know, nutritionists and dietitians were like still kind of just in hospital settings or clinical settings. So to be able to find a job uh, working in really preventative care uh, has been really wonderful. Um, so anyways, I, I left uh, left finance, went back and got my master's in nutrition at Columbia. Um, and then I've worn a bunch of different hats since then. But uh, most recently, I'm working at NutriSense. And it's been incredible. It's been wonderful. That is amazing. No, I, I myself pivoted to um, from fashion into <laughs> health, health and wellness. Um, and I just, I'm always interested to see what the, the, what made that change. So, um, tell me a little bit about NutriSense first so that everybody can get a little handle of it. Cause you're direct to consumer primarily, Correct. right? Yep. Yep. So, um, not, not sure if your audience is familiar with what a CGM is, what a continuous glucose monitor is, but it's a little device. It's about the size of a quarter, maybe. Um, I'm actually wearing one right now on the back of my arm. Um, and it's got a little filament in the middle of it, a little sensor, and you insert that in the back of your arm and it continuously monitors your glucose. We use the CGMs made by Abbott Labs. We do not make our own own devices, our own um, sensors. But what we have created, NutriSense has created an incredible app. And so what you do is you insert the sensor and then you download our NutriSense app. 
you can start scanning the sensor and that will deliver the uh, the data that it's collecting right to the app on your phone. And the other distinguishing characteristic of NutriSense is that you get one-on-one dietitian, nutritionist support complimentary for the first month. So what we offer is like an accountability and education and stuff like that so that you're not just out there kind of collecting data and not knowing what to do with it. We really help you put it into practice and make sense of it. That That is like the key point I want to point out is that you try to make people make sense of it. And I think so many people just like, why are they wearing it? They don't even know what to do with the information. But when you have somebody behind you explaining what it all means, helps you make sense of it. And so why would a non-diabetic lean toward, I mean, I know why a non-diabetic would lean towards the CGM, but what was the whole concept of trying to get more people aware of what their glucose was doing throughout the day? It's such a great question. And we get asked that a lot. Even my own family members are like, wait, why should I care about this? Like, I go to the doctor and they say I'm totally fine. So, I mean, there's a couple different ways to answer it, but I would say we are, again, like I I mentioned before, this is really about preventative health care. A lot of people have heard about metabolic health um, and metabolic health is really made up of five different criteria. Um, And one of those is a, um, you know, healthy and, and, um, I would say stable uh, blood sugar levels, right? That is really one of the key pillars to metabolic health, which we know is a key pillar to longevity and, and you know, reducing your risk of chronic disease. Um, you know, the other pillars of that are like, abdom- you know, waist circumference and your lipid panel markers and stuff like that. So in our mind, if you can, and I really truly believe it's one of the most important markers of that. But if you can really get a clear understanding of what's going on with your glucose levels, that can be an incredibly helpful marker to prevent chronic disease in the long term. So that's really helpful. I also think that having this data on a daily basis can help you. I I always tell people like it can help you feel better tomorrow. Uh, Seeing what's happening in your body in real time. That's what I compare to. It's like a little window having this data and scanning it and seeing what's going on in your body in real time is like, so cool. Like who wouldn't want to see how their body's doing, you know, with their breakfast or their workout or whatever. Right. Oh, absolutely. And um, for those that have been listening a while, I will link the metabolic health episode so you can learn more about that as well because I go into those five things to, to pay attention. The five things that you actually don't need a doctor to pay attention to. You can pull your results and do it yourself. Um, so a little bit about what I wanted to talk to you today was the importance of eating towards the meter or how to eat towards the meter to figure out how to really blunt the spikes because we know the new science that's coming out, or maybe it's been there, but it's just now starting to hit the surface is having all these huge spikes in and out throughout the day can be problematic, even if your fasting blood sugars are normal right now. So what's the importance of eating towards the meter? And how exactly do you do that? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's an interesting phrase, like eating, eating for the meter. I think, um, you know, that's, uh, I don't want that to feel limiting for people. Right. But I think it's really eye opening. Um, and I think a lot of times people come to us and they have been really restrictive of their diet and they have, you know, eliminated whole food groups or they have, have eliminated certain foods that they've deemed bad or, you know, not good for them. And so we, we are really able to help you, um, 
liberalize your diet in a way. So in that sense, if you are seeing these, we we can sort of use it both ways, right? So if you are putting something like this on and all of a sudden you're seeing, oh my gosh, I had no idea that my lunch every day was causing such a huge spike. And then I had this crash afterwards and no wonder I feel like garbage at like 2.30 and I'm reaching for a snack or I'm reaching for a cup of coffee. And, you know, so, so what we can do is we can then work backwards, right? We can look and see what you're having and we can change the composition of your meal. We can change the order in which you're eating your meal, changing up your macros, right? Eating maybe your protein or some vegetables and and fat first and then having your carbohydrates second. We can also look at some things, you know, a little hack, like a, like an ACV hack. Um, or we can also do something like, well, you know what, you're, if you you know really love whatever you have for lunch, you're going to have to get up and take a walk afterwards. Like, you know, there's other ways to help minimize those spikes. And those are all really healthy things, right? We don't need to take anything away from you, but we just maybe need to tweak some things or change the order in which we're doing things or add in something really beneficial, like a walk afterwards. So when you're seeing that data, when you're seeing those high spikes, there's lots of different ways that we can make small adjustments, small tweaks to minimize the height of that spike, to get you back down to baseline without crashing and to help you feeling better until, you know, dinner time or, you know, what, whenever it is that you're going to be eating next. Um, And I think that that's, what's really powerful about this data. Like I said, you can make a change tomorrow, right? I think a lot of times when we're tracking food or we're tracking our steps, like there's no real impact. You're like, okay, so I hit 12,000 steps. What happens now? You know, there's no immediate impact. What we can do is when you see that spike, you can make a change tomorrow and you can feel better tomorrow, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. No. And I, I actually lean towards, you should know what's happening to the food or what your body's doing to it. And I love you know, all over um, Instagram, you've got all these influencers testing different foods. And my question always arises that sometimes they're eating like tortilla chips, but the average person might eat tortilla chips with guacamole. But we never see the difference between the two to know how that affects, because we do know like when we start pairing certain things with the fat, it slows down that spike. Not that it makes it healthier. It just slows it all down for us. So if you wanted to indulge in some tortilla chips at the Mexican restaurant, knowing to add that. So how much do you get into that when you work with people on, um, you know, from the back end for that, that first month? All the time, all the time, you know, and we're, 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 we're here to, to work with our members, right? So you tell us what your health goal is and, you know, maybe you have some non-negotiables. Maybe you say every week I have girls night and we go out for a margarita and chips and like, that's a non-negotiable. I need my time with my girlfriends or, you know, whatever it is. Then we help you do that. We say, okay, you know, we're going to find a way. Maybe, maybe you should have a salad and a soup first, and then you can have the chips after that. Maybe let's try out some ACV beforehand. Maybe Maybe you and your girlfriends need to go for a walk after you guys go out, you know, and, and so we're, we're here to help people really dig into who their you know, what their lifestyle is. And we talk a lot about N equals one. So it's like this data is your data. It's not my data. And I don't want your data to look like my data, right? I live a different life than you. I have a different body composition. I have a different stress level. So all of this is not helpful. I'm not here to dictate to you, you know, how to live your life. So what we're trying to do is we're trying trying to meet people where they are and we just help them make adjustments to help them, you know, better their glucose scores and in general, just better how they feel. Um, and so it's really, it's really eye opening because I think, you know, 
people watch people on Instagram or you know, they watch an influencer, they, re- they read an article, they're like, I have to have this smoothie. This is the best smoothie ever. Well, that smoothie might be terrible for you, but it might be wonderful for that influencer, you know, or whoever you're following. So this is really wonderful, personalized, individualized, tailored information specifically, um, you know, to what's going on in your body. Oh yeah, that that is probably the number one benefit is to tailor it to you. And I think too many people will look at the influencer and go, oh, they don't have a problem, so I won't have a problem. And most um, of people I work with are 45 and up and they're hitting that perimenopause, that menopause, and their bodies are changing and they don't understand that what even worked for them at 20 doesn't work now. And knowing what's going on in their body. And I think glucose is probably going to be the key going forward. Do you think the medical industry is going to tag along for non-diabetics? I sure hope so. <laughs> um, we, I mean, it's it really is incredible when you look at the cascade of hormones that uh, all obviously are intertwined and relate to each other. And what we're using is we're using the CGM as a proxy for insulin, but we can also see how different parts of your cycle, um, how you are responding to carbohydrates based on how much estrogen you have. It's like a really beautiful symphony in your body. And unfortunately with women, sometimes the symphony gets a little out of tune, right? And so, <laughs> so the more information you can have to kind of help retune it, um, to help see where you are at certain parts of your cycle, where you are when you're stressed out, right? To notice those behaviors that you might have adopted that, you know, you used to kind of get away with when you were in your 20s and 30s, like it's not really working. And and I also definitely for women of this age group, we focus a lot on maintaining and building lean muscle mass because that is this muscle and the liver are the primary storage places for glucose. And so when you take in carbohydrates, which we are not, we are not anti-carbohydrate. We love no. carbohydrates, right? We like them. So I, when you- I'm more of a low carbish, but not, but nothing's bad. Except for yeah. Oreos. You will always hear me say, except for Oreos. <laughs> yeah, those aren't great. Those really aren't great. I'm not going to lie. Food. <laughs> They also get stuck in your teeth. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, nothing is off limits, but it's it's more about um, learning how to have those types of foods in the best way in your body. And what I was saying was um, when you don't have enough storage space for the incoming carbohydrates or your incoming energy in general, where's the body going to store it? it will put it in some adipose tissue, right? Which is what we're trying to avoid. And so I think a lot of times women were doing a lot of cardio earlier, you know, in their mm-hmm. lives. They were like, woohoo, 20 minutes on the elliptical and I'm great, good to go. And then they start to go longer and longer and longer with the cardio and they're not seeing any results. But if you can if you can start to add in some strength training, some lean muscle mass maintenance and building, you will feel... You know, First of all, you'll feel great. Second of all, body composition, who doesn't want a little more tone in in certain areas, but also you will have better glucose control because you have better storage space and you won't be depositing it in other places where you don't necessarily want it. Absolutely. I mean, I cannot stress enough lean muscle mass. And it was something that being a child of the 80s and 90s, like, oh no, you you only eat a little bit. You, You don't eat any fat. You know, it's like, it, it kind of screwed a lot of us up. So we're almost going backwards and trying to fix things 
that for 20, 30 years we thought were right. And it was actually doing more good. I mean, more damage than good. So the lean muscle mass, what do you see um, when you talk to people or work with them? If they prioritize this protein, does it help with the curve that the glucose curves and the spikes? Prioritizing protein. Is that, is that the question? Absolutely. Yep. So, and I think a lot of women too, don't necessarily feel comfortable eating more protein. Sometimes they they get worried or or they're like, Oh, I'm really sick of chicken. And I'm like, well, there's lots of other forms of protein out there. Um, and absolutely when you see, um, you know, when you, when you really make sure that you're having protein at each meal, also protein is, it has a satiety factor to it and proteins. A lot of proteins are paired with fats and both of those um, with the addition of some fiber will help your body feel fuller longer and will give you that sustained energy. When we see people prioritizing protein, their spikes aren't as high. They come back to baseline gently, and then they have that maintained steady state glucose until the next time that they eat. When we see that people are a little bit out of whack and they're rushing and they're grabbing this and that and they're not making it a priority, we're seeing high swings, big crashes, you know, and then it sort of sets them off on this roller coaster. Literally, you can see a roller coaster in their data. Um, By the time they go to bed, they're exhausted and then they're not sleeping well. So it kind of sets you up for um, a cycle of of not feeling great on a daily basis. Awesome. And then um, there's a lot of talk now about starting the day with a heavy protein meal, like your first meal should be heavy protein, ditch, you know, your cereals and all of that. Do you see a difference in the data of people when they switch over to maybe um, eggs and something else that has that 30 grams of protein in the morning, maybe just fibery vegetables or maybe some nuts with it versus the cereal or the toast? Absolutely. Some of the highest spikes I've ever seen have been with like a breakfast cereal. It's like, whoa, what's happening? You know, because you are in a fasted state, even if it's just a simple, you know, 12 hour fast from dinner to breakfast, um, you, you, when you hit your body first thing on an empty stomach with carbohydrate, it will dissolve quickly. It will be dispersed quickly into your blood sugar and everything will get rolling. There's also a, depending on what time you're eating, there's just a natural um, increase of hormones in the morning and, and cortisol. Um, those are really in the early, early morning hours, like that four to eight, uh, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. time frame. And so, and maybe you're also spiking a little bit because of your intake of caffeine, if you're particularly sensitive to caffeine. So carbohydrate, caffeine, and hormones all kind of come together to give you this big spike in the morning. If you can take some time to sort of, you know, settle into your morning in a, in a calm way. So, so to keep the cortisol down, right. Maybe delay your coffee, maybe for an hour or two after you wake up. And if you can eat some protein, you will have a much gentler, uh, rise and fall to your morning, uh, to your morning meal. So I absolutely recommend, yeah, you know, have some almonds first, have an, have a hard boiled egg first, have, um, you know, a, a, some leftover greens from the night before mixed into some scrambled eggs. You will see either a flat line or just a, you know, just a little bit of an increase, um, in that early morning. It will set you up for such a great day. Yeah, I found that that sets up the rest of the day without having those crashes later on or reaching for multiple cups of coffee. Um, I'm big on delaying coffee at the morning, especially those who wake up with an alarm because you don't know where in your set. Like if you wake up naturally, like, I mean, I'm fortunate enough. I wake up naturally early 
So I know that I that 90 minutes, I'm pretty much good to go. Um, I also am not caffeine sensitive. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with being the fast metabolizer of caffeine. So. But, you know, to, to do things like that. So what other what other suggestions do you have um, before we wrap up? And then you'll tell us all how to get one. But what other suggestions you have for like a middle aged woman that's struggling? Because I know that I've, I've saw, seen on your website like that you do help those in menopause or perimenopause get through that because our bodies and our insulin sensitivity is changing and it's changing differently. Like we don't have those set 28 day cycles. Like it could be 60 days one month and 16 days or it could just be gone and you don't know what to do. So you don't know when you're insulin sensitive versus resistant throughout that month. Totally. So we always say knowledge is power. Right. So the more you can learn about what your body is doing, the better equipped you are to make positive changes. So I would say, you know, for women, obviously wearing a CGM is that knowledge and power. Right. But if you can just start to take notice of how your body is feeling, I think women in this age range, uh, 45, 55, 60, I mean, you are so, you are so uh, pulled in so many different directions. You might have a full-time job. You're caring for children. You're caring for aging parents. You're pulled in like nine different directions, right? And probably like pumpkins have to get carved and dogs need to go to the vet. And there's like a thousand things that you're doing, right? So really taking stock of what's happening in your body is like the last priority. But hopefully that they are listening to this podcast and they're thinking about it. It's something that they can start to put at the forefront. So I always say, take a moment Take a moment every day to just check in with yourself. It's not, I'm not talking, it doesn't even have to be meditation, but it's just checking in with yourself. How are you doing? How hungry are you? How stressed are you? Have you had enough water? Can you add in more steps to your day? Or not even steps, but just can you get up and move around in your day? And people always ask me, like, you know, what's what's the one thing you always tell people to do to help manage their glucose better? And I say it's totally free. And it's a really lame saying that my husband always rolls his eyes at whenever I say it, but it's after you eat, move your feet. So no matter what you're doing, I don't care where you are, I don't care how old you are, or what's the situation, just get up and move around after you eat. Not only will your digestion feel better, generally your mental health will feel better. You're not just sitting and scrolling on your phone or, or you know, watching Netflix or something. You're up, you're moving, get out there. Your glucose will come back to a baseline in a steady state and you will feel better. So I say women of any shape, size, whatever's going on in your life, you can do that. Okay. So I have one last question. Um, ranges. Now I know there's not a set number range, but what are you looking at? Like 50 points, 60 point, like when is it too high from base to high? Cause I know everybody's going to be in a different starting point. So like I get asked all the time, well, what should my numbers be between? And I'm like, well, that depends on where you start it. Like, I can't, I, I don't know. But like, what ranges do you guys try to keep things in at Nutricent? Like when you're working with people? Yep. So our app, the default range is 70 to 140. Um, that's really where we want people to live. But again, like you said, some people just run 
lower. And so maybe their bottom threshold is more like 60 and they kind of don't ever go above 120. And, you know, that's fine. That's that's their range. Or maybe someone's struggling with insulin resistance or some other, um, you know, prediabetes or something like that. They might, their range might go up to 180. Um, and then, you know, we can adjust that up there and meet them where they're at and hopefully work them work them down um, over time. So that's our time within range. But we also give a score uh, for each meal. We give a meal score uh, based from, from zero to 100. And that's really what we're looking at the delta of your glucose. Okay. That's the change in your glucose based on what you're eating, um, which is really helpful for people because, you know, you might stay within our, our 70 to 140, but you might be swinging all the way up and down all day long, right? And so we want that delta, that change from where your glucose is when you start to eat versus the peak to be less than 30. So we don't really want your glucose to swing up more than 30 points on any given meal. So we have even more metrics and things like that, but those are really the basics, right? I like to say we're looking for gentle ocean waves. We're not looking for a flat line, but we're not looking, you know, the big tsunamis are not what we're looking for either. Yeah. And that's the key is I think a lot of people I've watched, they're trying to look for this flat line and you need insulin and you need to spike it some or it will forget what to do. I mean, there's something called physiological insulin resistance where you don't spike it enough. And it's kind of like, now what do I do now that you have some carbs? Like if you've been on a zero carb diet or something like that. Um, So that that was my thing is, is I think that we go from extremes to extremes and we don't know what's going on inside of us. Right. Um, I so think it's really important not to feel restricted because we all know that that never ends up being your long-term success path. Right. So if you are ne- allowing yourself no carbs ever, like it, it very rarely have I come across someone who's been following that for 20 years. Right. And so it's, you're, you're using this data to learn how to have both. Right. And, and maybe you flex, there's something called metabolic flexibility. So you might flex into more of a ketosis and then you might flex into using carbohydrates and exactly right. You want the body to be primed to use either one at any time to be able to switch fuels, if you will, right? Like a, like a car, right? You can, you can shift into this one and you can shift into that one. That was going to be my next question is how much do you work on that metabolic flexibility? Because we've, as human beings over the past 50, 60, 100 years, I don't know how long, but we've lost that ability to easily use whatever is just there. And um, so that's good to know that, you know, we we want we want to flex. We, we don't want to be one or the other. And I think the end game truly should be metabolic flexibility. It's my personal opinion, but you, you got too many people on both sides fighting like, no, this way's right. That way's right. I'm like, what about right in the middle, people? Right, right. And I I think truly for women that are going through menopause transition is that, you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of estrogen in there. And so it is much harder for your body to process um, carbohydrates during those very, very low estrogen um, timeframes. So, so, you know, maybe that is a time where you're going to be lower carbohydrate and maybe, you know, maybe you are going to rely a little bit more on ketones for fuel. Like that's okay, but you don't have to live there, you know, your whole, Mm -hmm. like the whole time. And so learning how you can kind of like, 
you know, upgrade a little bit with some, um, you know, higher quality carbohydrates and then maybe, you know, downgrade that a little bit and, and really amp up your protein at certain points. So I think, again, it's that knowledge is power and that N equals one because, you know, where you are in your cycle is different than mine is different than, you know, Susie's over there. So um, it's really important for women to be um, educated and to have to know what's going on in their own bodies. Absolutely. And um, I just want to point out one more time that just because you have normal fasting blood sugar doesn't mean what's going on throughout the day is normal. Um, Agreed. That That's just a, I just want to reinforce that is that the, the reason why a CGM can be uh, really beneficial is because we don't know what's happening throughout the day as we're eating. If you're testing in the morning or your doctor tests and you're always 85, so you're always great. If you've got that midsection, you've got problems, you have problems happening throughout the day that just haven't really presented as a health issue yet. Correct. Um, if you're not sleeping well, if you're struggling with sleep, uh, all that kind of stuff, you're struggling with low energy, or maybe you just even have a, a different kind of diagnosis, like perhaps it's been a thyroid diagnosis or some GI issues happening right now, like all of that intertwines, right? All of that plays a role together in your body. Um, and so exactly when you go and get your lab work done once a year, that's like, okay, great. You know, Tuesday morning in January, you looked fantastic. Like that is not the full picture. <laughs> you know, that doesn't give you, that doesn't tell us how you're doing overall. No, I always joke because uh, before I started my health journey, I was morbidly obese with perfect glucose numbers perfect lipid panels, perfect blood pressure. But you know, under the hood, there was something going on. Luckily, I caught it. And then that's when I became an advocate, went back to school like you did and started my journey. So it, it, that's why I always find it when people pivot. That's kind of kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And we're generally really, really, really passionate about what we do, right? Because we stepped off our, our other track and really made this our priority. So good for you. I'm, I'm, yeah. that, what an accomplishment. Thank you. Um, so how does one get a CGM? Yeah. So um, I would also like to say to your audience, again, if they're not totally sure of how this can apply to them um, and this could be a helpful tool for them, we have an incredible um, blog on our website. We call it the journal and um, it's written by, it's, it's all science-based bite-sized articles uh, that are written by our nutritionists um, at, or you know, reviewed um, by our nutritionists. And it really shows you the depth and breadth of how this data can apply to all manners of health goals. So I would really recommend everyone to go check that out. We also have a free ebook on PCOS and weight loss plateaus that you can download, um, which I think is incredibly helpful again, also to see how um, glucose data can help in those scenarios as well. Our website is www.nutrisense.io and we're also all over social media and you can watch videos of people putting a CGM on or doing different food tests and you know showing what their glucose looks like just to show you all the different things you can do with it. Awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today. I think you are a wealth of knowledge and just reinforce everything I preach on a day-to-day -day basis. So I appreciate that. And thank you so much for your time. Um, anything you so else you want to throw out there or... 
Oh, gosh. I mean, there's all so many things to throw out there. No, 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 no. I think um, it was wonderful to talk to you. I love to find kindred spirits out there that are, um, you know, we all believe in in the greater good and helping everyone live their best lives and, you know, prevent prevent chronic disease down the road. So thank you for, for doing your podcast and reaching so many people. Thank you so much, Catherine. And I will maybe talk to you again. I don't know. We'll see. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you got some nuggets to take on your health journey. Remember, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. No medical advice is being given. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the full disclaimer, which is linked in the show notes. If you found this podcast helpful, could you take 30 seconds and leave a review? Your feedback means the world to me, and it helps others discover my show. Once again, thank you for being part of my community. Until next time, have a blessed day.